Before we get started, a quick disclosure. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing you hear is a recommendation to buy or sell any investment. And with that, hello and welcome to the Rangely Capital Podcast. This is a weekly 15-minute long podcast and the clock starts now. I'm Andrew Walker, a portfolio manager here at Rangely Capital. And with me as always is my co-host and the founder of Rangely Capital, Chris DeMuth. It is Tuesday, December 2nd, and today we're having a little bit of a different podcast. We're talking about our stock pick of the year for Rangely Capital. Uh, it's Arla's Pharmaceuticals. And Chris, why don't you kind of take it away with an overview of the company? Well, we have a favorite idea for 2016 that doesn't exist, or at least it doesn't exist yet. This is the new name. Uh, and by the way, Andrew, if we ever need to go into a different business line, I'd love to be in the business that gets paid a million dollars for come naming up things. Yes, because yep. I can name things. You need a symbol that looks aerodynamic and a name that sounds a little exotic, but not too exotic. Uh, so in this case, it is a combination of posing and tribute. Oh, go ahead. And uh, uh, our timer liked my idea or didn't <laughs> like my idea. Uh, and uh, this is a pharmaceutical uh, company. Uh, it's gotten hit badly by an ugly combination of uh, sell-off in the uh, in the industry uh, with concern about uh, tax inversions and Hillary Clinton all wrapped into kind yep, of a ball yep. uh, in the last few months. Uh, and so there's a lot of uncertainty. Yep, absolutely. So I, I think uh, most people who are kind of really plugged into the best world know maybe two months ago now, uh, the Turing Pharma with jacking their prices up from $16 to $750 came out. There was this huge Valiant thing. Hillary Clinton sent out a tweet and stock prices for a lot of big, especially pharmaceutical companies, came down kind of 50% yeah. over the course of a month. And these guys were definitely wrapped up in that. With Turing, I think it was really a combination of the price increase and the haircut. I think he could have done one or the other, but the combination just made him <laughs> such an unlikable person. That uh, that he couldn't have done. He should have decided ahead of time to do just one of those things. So, Airless is getting formed between a merger between Posen and Tribute, yes. and the the merger will be an inversion. So, why don't you describe what an inversion is? An inversion is an accounting technique in which a company, typically an American company, merges into a foreign company, even perhaps a smaller one, but that it is then re-domiciled in a country with a lower tax rate. Yep. If you were an American looking for a country with a lower tax rate as a corporation, that would be any company in the world. <laughs> any country in the world, yeah. You could do an inversion into the second least worst uh, and it would be a tax inversion. You could go to Japan with a 37% rate and you would save money. Uh, you know, it's uh, the, the, the average of the OECD is about 25%. Uh, the U.S. government takes about 39% of your stuff. Uh, and countries such as Ireland uh, uh, take 12 and a half and are negotiating a major cut yeah. from there. So, so typically when you hear inversion in the past couple of years, that has meant a company is merging with a foreign company yep. and they're going to go to Ireland because of that low typically. tax rate. So Pfizer is trying to merge with Allergan right now and they'll go to Ireland. Uh, many of the big pharma companies already are in Ireland. So Endo is out there, a couple others. But so that's, they're trying to do an inversion. It, they might not be able to go to Ireland. They might have to go to the low tax rate of Canada now. But so that's what the merger will do. Why don't you describe kind of our background with the company's management? Because I think the management team is really what we're betting on here. Sure. Uh, Adrian uh, Adams uh, is uh, the CEO. Uh, he uh, was given a job offer to manage 
both these companies. Yeah, so both Tribute um, and Posen, who will form our alliance. And so he kind of uh, came up with the idea. He said yes to both, essentially. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, uh, he, not literally. He, he's uh, the CEO of one, but, uh, but he had the idea to put these uh, together. Uh, in terms of his background, he's an interesting character. Uh, he has, uh, he's a deal guy. Uh, he's well known in this uh, industry. I followed him for many years. Uh, Coast Pharma. Uh, he got a 56% premium over the pre-deal price, sold it to Abbott. Uh, Sepracor uh, was a slouch. He only got a 28% premium, uh, sold a Sepracor. Uh, uh, Inspire Pharma, he sold to a Merck, 26% premium. Uh, Auxilium, uh, and I neglect to uh, have a good Auxilium joke right now, but I really uh, should. So, so what could... So, uh, Adrian has been the CEO of four previous publicly traded companies, and all were sold for premiums to big pharma yes. companies. The last one was Auxilium, and Chris and I know Auxilium well. It was one of the best, our best ideas for 2014, and they made some really fun drugs. There was a an erectile dysfunction drug that you could take uh, with alcohol, which most erectile dysfunction drugs you can't. There was a drug for Perone's disease, which I do not recommend you Google imaging, but the fact that I've said don't don't do it means you probably will, so we can just leave it there. But uh, yeah, so he sold four four and, companies beforehand and, and for just, huge premiums. Just, I have to stick on this for one. I know, I know. There's somebody from Washington that I should say I know. is famously uh, <laughs> suffered by at least one former president, uh, as has been described in, in, in under testimony. Uh, under oath, yes. So um, uh, sold to Endo for a 47 percent premium. In any event, he's a money maker. He's a deal guy. He's somebody who I like and trust. He's done this before. And uh, he is a smart, wealthy, successful guy. He didn't really need uh, any of this hassle. Uh, he sought this out. So he's somebody who put himself in this situation and then just in this past week uh, then uh, bought a very large chunk of, uh, of stock um, as well. Yep. Yeah, so that's so, the situation, Andrew. Yeah, so I, I think you're right. Two or three weeks ago, he bought, I, I think it was a million shares, six and a half million dollars, which in the open market, uh, that's one of the largest one of the largest open market purchases by a CEO I've ever seen to, and that's unadjusted for size considering this is a, you know, 250, $300 million market cap company. That's huge. So agree with you. think he's a great manager. Uh, I'll kind of cover what they do if that's okay with you. Yep. So uh, RLS combined is going to be a specialty pharmacy company focused on cardiovascular and pain. So for our listeners who don't know, a specialty pharmacy company, they're a little bit different than your typical large pharma company and that they don't really invest much in R&D for new drugs. Instead, what they're going to do is they're going to go buy developed drugs or drugs that have been approved and are about to launch. And they're just going to focus on marketing them, maximizing their sales, maximizing their profits. And the theory behind this has been, you know, traditionally a lot of R&D was it's risky and it hasn't really given a return for that risk. So cut that out, let someone else do it and just buy products and you'll make a lot of money. Uh, RLS's main assets, kind of aside from the management team, are coming from Posen. It's a royalty on Vimovo, and then a phase three, well, not a, quite a phase three drug, Yosprala. Uh, and both of these are combination drugs. And what they are is they're a combination of a non steroid anti inflammatory, like aspirin, and then that's wrapped in a proton pump inhibitor, like Prilosec. Uh, so the kind of theory behind these is. You take a proton pump, if you're taking a, uh, an NSAID, a non-steroid anti-inflammatory like aspirin, uh, all the time, you can develop ulcers. If you take a proton pump inhibitor 
30 minutes before the aspirin, then you can stop from getting ulcers. But the issue is you have to take one pill and then another. Uh, these drugs are combo drugs that combine the pills into one. You take them and it greatly improves compliance. So uh, greatly improves compliance, much more convenient. Uh, there's tons of evidence that suggests this kind of if you, if you look at taking a proton pump inhibitor before an aspirin, it can cut down on ulcers by anywhere from 50 to 90%. Uh, if you look at people who are prescribed proton pump inhibitors separately from aspirin, they generally stop taking the proton pump inhibitor because it's very difficult to take the two separate drugs. Uh, like 16,500 people a year uh, die from, taking, from ulcers from taking chronic uh, aspirin. So there's definitely value to combining these two drugs. Uh, we think the market for Yosprala could be huge. Uh, the company has estimated that it'll peak in sales at over 200 million, and we think that could be conservative. Vimovo, which they have the rails to, and Duexis are two very comparable drugs, and they're currently doing more than $150 million in sales. And uh, Vimovo is kind of Nexium plus Aleve, Duexis is Ibuprofen plus Pepsid, Yosprala is Aspirin plus Prilosec, so we think that could be a much bigger drug. Uh, so yeah, th those are the two assets we see. Chris, I see you've got a smile on your face. It reminds me in the SkyMall catalog of things that are combined in funny combinations. Yeah. You know, a football with an alarm clock in it or so forth. Then they could have a SkyMall uh, catalog uh, pharma product. <laughs> I, think, um, I think making a drug might be more <laughs> difficult than SkyMall, though. <laughs> Fair enough. So the deal, we think it's going to be pushed It's going to be pushed into Q1. Since it's our best idea for next year, it'll keep the uh, stock price down a little bit longer so we get a good cost base. Uh, credit for this idea uh, just because they're going to move the uh, domicile from uh, what would have been Ireland yeah, so to Canada. It, it was originally supposed to close this month because of the inversion crackdown. They'll invert to Canada, probably close sometime Q1 of next year. Yep. I'm not that concerned. Things in the SEC review and so forth, there's a million reasons why things take slightly longer than expected and almost no reasons why things are faster than expected. So kind of par for the course. And they're still making progress on other things. Uh, Yasprala, we think, has an extremely good chance of getting approved next year based on our own information and judgment, combined with that of Adrian Adams. You know, he uh, believes that he can get this done. Uh, he was able to do a lot of due diligence before he took the job and before he made a significant uh, investment. Uh, QLT, which we will talk about separately another day, and Deerfield are providing financing for the deal. Uh, they're very good. So uh, unless Deerfield, QLT, uh, Rangely, and Adrian Adams are hopelessly wrong about this, uh, we should have a good FDA news. There's no safety issue and there's no efficacy issue, yeah. and we're talking about safety and efficacy. So, so. so just to give listeners a little more background, Yusprala, uh, currently it's waiting. The FDA has given a warning letter to their aspirin supplier, and they need that to be cleared up before they can launch. Uh, it, they All of their documents suggest it will launch in 2016. It's obviously a big uncertainty, but... Uh, you know, as part of the merger, they, they estimated in their kind of merger documents, they think there's a 100% chance this is successfully launched. Adrian thinks it's successfully launched or else he doesn't take the job. QLT Deerfield think it's successfully launched or else they don't finance it. So absolutely agree. Of the assets, we, we get to about uh, $10, somewhere between 10 and $11, but about $10 per share of, of value. Uh, you can set it up today by either 
uh, Posen or uh, by uh, Tribute, uh, you know, you look at that and say, geez, uh, uh, depending on uh, how much uh, you want to put to work, uh, Posen's a bit uh, more liquid. Uh, the Tribute actually has a bit of a discount, yep. uh, last I checked. Uh, to to the value, um, so yeah. So RLS will be formed between Posen and Tribute in a share for share merger. You can create it by buying either Tribute shares yeah. or Posen shares. And Tribute kind of trades at a discount to where Posen, the implied ratio for Posen. So yep, exactly. And and ultimately, uh, this uh, if 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 all goes well, it's extremely likely this is a a deal. Target. There, there are natural buyers that Adrian Adams knows well. Uh, he doesn't need our help with this. If we were activists, we would put somebody like him in charge of a company like this. Uh, but uh, a company such as Horizon would be a natural buyer, a good fit uh, for both uh, the, the MOBO royalties uh, uh, and uh, the uh, overlap in the sales force. You could take out a lot of costs. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think another thing we like is in the near term, they'll have a lot of cash. And we obviously like that Adrian is kind of an expert at M&A. So in the short term, he's a buyer. In the long term, he's a seller, I think is kind of how we think about it. What could go wrong? Yeah, so what could go wrong? I think the, the first thing that pops to mind is Sprala is a lot of the value here. That could fail. You know, the FDA could keep it held up forever. Obviously, we think our due diligence, Adrian's due diligence, QLTs, Deerfields, everything suggests that it's going to go through. But you never say 100%. Uh, the merger could fall through. So it, originally, it was supposed to close kind of in the next two to three weeks. Because of the crackdown inversion, they're going to push that out to Q1. You know, anytime a merger is out there, it can fail until the day it closes. So we th it could fall apart. I think all the parties are committed to it. They put out a press release last week that said they're still committed to the deal. Uh, the deal makes a lot of strategic sense, which I think is the one thing you really hold your hat on when you're investing in a merger. Chris is nodding his head furiously yes, because we've seen very non-strategic deals, deals fall through. I always like a piece of paper forcing you to do something that you desperately want to do if nobody yeah. is looking, as opposed to a piece of paper that will cost you a lot of money if you follow the rules. Exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, th there are other things that could happen. I, I think they're going to pursue an M&A strategy, which is always risky. They'll be buying smaller companies. You know, there's a risk they overpay, those companies fail. But again, we trust the capital allocator here. And kind of the last risk is Yosprala and Momovo are where a lot of their value is coming from. Uh, those patents could be challenged, in which case, you know, we think they last till kind of mid 2020s to 2030. Uh, and while you have a patent, you obviously generate kind of excess profits. If we are wrong and the patents end tomorrow, say, then the our estimate of the value is going to be uh, kind of wildly overstated there. So those are the big risks. I think they're typical in investing in any merger candidate or any pharmaceutical company, but. Uh, Overall, I think you're very well rewarded. It's with the management. And, you know, a lot of times we'll do research and come to a conclusion and we have to hang our head on that. In this case, three or four investors who we respect have done the research and come to the same conclusion as us, which uh, I think is very attractive. Chris, I think we're you've kind of got 30 seconds, a minute left. Anything else you want to say on this or... As Charlie says, when Warren's done, I have nothing to add. I have nothing to add either. So this was published on Seeking Alpha today as our idea of the year. If you want to read more, obviously it's tough to tell everything either in print form or especially when you talk. But if you want to read a more detailed description, you can look Chris up on Seeking Alpha. 
and find his write-up. It was Ranger Capital's best idea of the year for 2016. Uh, if you like our ideas in general, please follow Chris and I on Seeking Alpha. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. If you already subscribed, please recommend it to a friend who you think would be interested. Uh, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening, and please join us next week when we'll be discussing my idea of the year, which uh, will be, which will have a little in common with this idea of the year. Uh, have a good one.